everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone out there in in KBRK land and the podcast and everything. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have you and get to learn from you. We're going to be talking about traumatic brain injury. That's the topic of the Prairie Doc this week. So uh, if listeners have questions or comments about traumatic brain injury, uh, but Dr. Johnson loves getting your questions about any topic. So if you have other questions or topics you'd like to talk about today on this half-hour program, give us a call now at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Because if you don't, people, we'll talk about traumatic brain injury a little bit, and then I'm going to start talking about COVID and vaccines, and uh, you all have to be pretty tired of hearing me talk about that. So give me something else to talk about. I don't know if we're tired of listening to that. I think it is encouraging and helpful and informative. I feel I feel empowered by the knowledge that you guys all share with us. So I don't know if we're getting tired of that or not. But Ho- Hopefully everybody does feel like some of their questions get answered with that. Um, one thing I've been telling my patients lately about the vaccine and and why they should get the vaccine even if they feel that they themselves are at low risk for complications of COVID and certainly some people are much higher risk than others but I encourage people to think about it this way my vaccine is my castle walls it's my last line of defense before the invaders get to me so my my vaccine is my castle walls not everybody's castle walls are solid some people don't respond well to the vaccine they have other uh, conditions that keep their immune system from responding well so for those people especially but for all of us your vaccine is the moat around my castle so the vaccine that you get doesn't just protect you but it helps protect everybody else and that's honestly one of the real reasons that this is so important is because there's a lot of people out there whose immune systems aren't going to respond well um, and the more protection we can give to all of us the better off we are so if you are not really moved and don't feel like you're at risk for covid um, you're maybe a healthy 21 year old college student or um, a 35 year old marathon runner and you're just in great health and are pretty confident that COVID wouldn't um, lay you low, think about those other people. Think about your neighbor. Think about your grandmother. Um, think about, you know, your your teacher, the people whose immune systems put them at higher risk and who could really use your protection. So do it for other people, too. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. I haven't heard that before, Dr. Johnson. I like that imagining that castle wall and how we can protect ourselves and 
and, and yep. others and help be part you. of protecting other people right. too mm-hmm. it's an, an important point about that absolutely well it's time for us to go to our first break we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group Academic success is an excellent indicator for the overall well-being of youth and a primary predictor and determinant of adult health outcomes. Leading national education organizations recognize the close relationship between health and education, as well as the need to foster health and well-being within the educational environment for all students. If you find your student struggling with classwork, seek help early. The school counselors may be able to direct you to a tutor to help the student stay on course. Also talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to have your student's health evaluated. There is a variety of issues that could be causing the poor grades, such as poor sleep or attention deficit disorder. Call today for an appointment, 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is traumatic brain injury. Dr. Johnston, what is traumatic brain injury? Well, basically, traumatic brain injury is any kind of injury that happens to the brain as the result of trauma, just Mm -hmm. like it sounds like. And that can represent different things. It can be, you know, I trip and fall and bump my head. Um, I am playing football and and I get a concussion. Um, I fall off the balance beam and I get a concussion. I'm in a car accident. Um, It can be a gunshot wound. Um, There's we kind of divide brain injuries in different ways. And one of the basic ways that we will uh, divide brain injury is number one, um, closed head trauma. So those are situations where uh, somebody bumps their head, but there's no penetration into the brain tissue. And the other is penetrating brain trauma. And that would be something like uh, a gunshot wound or um, an industrial accident where somebody has is impaled in the brain. So um, there's different forms of, of brain injury and different severities of brain injury from, you know, people who just get a little stunned or have a headache for a few days to people that um, die from mm-hmm. their injuries. So uh, it is a potentially devastating illness or injury uh, and there's things that we can do um, that we couldn't do even 30 years ago uh, to help try to save people's lives and try to uh, maximize their function and their recovery after after the injury mm-hmm. so it is a very interesting topic and I'm really looking forward to hearing what our two guests tonight have to say right yeah I am looking forward to that too you know one of the things as a parent um, that oh, you worry yeah. about is your 
kid when their kids hit their head um because yep. it happens things happen all the time so what are some things um in in those situations that maybe aren't this big huge accident but when they maybe fall backwards hit their head fall and something happens or an, or an adult hits their head falls um what are some of the things that you need to say okay i just need to take it easy at home or i should go get evaluated what are we looking for you know if there's a significant change in behavior for your child then that definitely needs to be checked out um if there's any kind of what appears to be a neurologic deficit so the pupils are unequal uh, there's trouble speaking that they don't normally have um, you see stumbling or problems with their gait if they lose consciousness if they lose consciousness I definitely want to see them uh, the kid that you know falls off the couch and starts crying right away um, I'm a lot less worried about that kid also you know the the degree of trauma so kids are as you say are always falling and bumping and and all of that and um, it's fairly fairly uncommon for kids to sustain significant head injuries from kind of low altitude falls so uh, even the kids that fall out of the shopping cart they're usually falling onto a hard surface so that's always a little bit more alarming but uh, usually your child falling off the couch is falling onto your carpeted living room floor Mm -hmm. and that's a little less alarming the situation's a little different for older people particularly the elderly who may be on medications that um, make them more likely to have problems with bleeding Um, Mm. they're you know as with so many other things Bob and I can both attest uh, you just don't handle injuries as well when you're a little older as you did when you were younger. So uh, I'm often a little more concerned about older people with those minor traumas than I am with the younger people. No, you're not that old, Bob, but, <laughs> but <laughs> we, we all know how easy it is to twist our ankle and how uh, you just takes a lot longer to recover from those minor injuries once you're no longer 30. So uh, that's just another thing to think Mm -hmm. about. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably persistent headache, um, ongoing vomiting, uh, those unequal pupils again, any kind of uh, uh, personality change, not acting like themselves, we should check out. Okay. Now, I recall hearing that if you maybe do hit your head, you know, you hear about sports teams or whatever, if somebody has a head injury or perhaps or their concern may have, yep. then you need to take it easy for a while. Is that kind of what you would recommend? The, the big issue there is that a brain, just like when I twist my ankle, it's a whole lot easier to twist my ankle again next oh, okay. week when my mm-hmm. ankle is already injured. And the same thing happens with your brain. Uh, while your brain is still recovering, it is a lot easier to get a second injury. And that second injury can basically build on the first and is worse than it might have been if you didn't have that initial injury. So um, we definitely want people to take it easy. We want to be sure that that brain has completely recovered um, before you risk another injury. So that's why all those return to play uh, protocols are so important. It's also why some of that impact testing that before sports testing so we kind of get an idea of the individual's baseline performance on a variety of of 
skills, both kind of um, more academic skills, but also physical skills, balance skills, that kind of thing, um, so that we can have a, a baseline to compare mm. and say that this individual's brain has has recovered. So is that part of the student physicals? Is that no? It no. is not. That okay. is a separate program. Okay. Um, it is called Impact Impact Testing, and your trainer should be able to tell you more about that. Mm, so okay, is that something that high school students are doing, or is it, this more of a college? No, level it is above? something. And you know, of course, COVID has has upended pretty much everything. But I know before COVID, there was often information that would go around from the school about how you could get that impact testing done before the season started. It is a, okay. a more involved process. And of course, you know, um, tennis players have to have then bowling people get their f- sports physicals, mm-hmm. but we're not usually nearly as concerned about head injuries for those individuals as we are for the football players and um, and the hockey players and those people that are more likely to have contacts and collisions. Mm-hmm. I will confess, I don't know that much about sports. I enjoy watching some, but I don't know a lot. But well, it then seems... your kids aren't that age. <laughs> right, yet. right. Yeah. But it seems like there is a lot more awareness when it yes. comes to protecting our heads um, for student athletes, um, yeah. Yep. Et cetera. So is there anything um, you would recommend maybe to a parent who is considering, should my child participate in this? If I want them to, what should I think about or make sure their coaches are aware of or anything you know, that's, along those that's lines? It's such a difficult thing. You know, we all have different levels of risk tolerance mm-hmm. and um, all have a different level of love for whatever this activity is, um, you know, my father, who is rapidly approaching 80, wasn't allowed to play football in school because his mother was worried about injury. Now, she was worried about back injuries because his older brother had injured his back when in football. But mm. um, but my brother did play. And um, fortunately, the worst injury for him was breaking his collarbone. So... Uh, for some people, they love football, and uh, the whole family loves football, and that child loves to play, um, and they're willing to take that risk. I think one of the important things is to be sure that you know they are wearing their protective gear, particularly their helmets, um, that the coach does not encourage a you know, shake it off kind of attitude, get up and and play even though you're injured, Mm. Um, that the team doesn't have that expectation that you'll, you know, you're, why are you still out? You know, you got your bell rung, um, you're fine, get back in there and play. Um, That the, the rules about avoiding those, I'm not a big football fan so I don't know all the terms but uh, there are rules about what kind of hits are allowed mm-hmm. and what kind of hits are not allowed and a lot of that has evolved over time to to make the sport safer mm-hmm. um, I think there is more awareness now with a lot of those professional football players that have had that recurrent head trauma and have developed uh, early dementia and personality changes and um, mental health illnesses as a result of that brain trauma and um, there's 
more awareness and just more uh, scientific inquiry into that as some of those um, football players have contributed to science after their death and have wanted their brains examined for the uh, evidence of that trauma. Unfortunately, not all brain injuries can show up on the imaging that we have. You know, mm. we have mm-hmm. uh, CAT scans and MRIs, and we can see amazing things, but a lot of that brain injury, a lot of that neurologic trauma happens on the cellular level, and we just can't see that level with the imaging that we have. And nobody in their right nobody in their right mind yes. is is going to want a brain surgery to do a brain biopsy just to find out what their concussion was or right. how, how, what kind of, of injury they had there. So, um, so definitely boxing is another sport. I mean, the whole point of boxing is to hit somebody in the head hard enough to knock them out. And, um, that's that's a guarantee for head trauma. The right. whole point is sure. to inflict head trauma. So uh, that's certainly a sport where there's a lot of injuries and a lot of potential for um, for tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's great to keep in mind prevention. We need to go to our second break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. Unprotected skin can be damaged by the sun's UV rays in less than 15 minutes. Even if it's cool and cloudy, you still need protection. UV rays, not the temperature, do the damage. Anyone can get skin cancer, but some things put you at higher risk. The most common signs of skin cancer are changes on your skin, such as a new growth, a sore that doesn't heal, or a change in a mole. Tips to avoid skin cancer include stay in the shade, especially during the late morning through mid-afternoon, apply sunscreen and reapply every two hours. SPF of 30 or greater is recommended. Have your skin checked regularly and have it checked by a professional at your wellness checks. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've been talking today about traumatic brain injury. We've talked a little bit about prevention. Dr. Johnson, I know we'll learn a lot more on tomorrow night's television show when you have a couple of experts in the studio with you, but what are some ways or some technology that we have now to help treat uh, when there is a concussion or a more severe injury? Most treatment for concussion is kind of largely supportive. There's uh, some, you know, physical therapy kind of retraining sorts of things, but a lot of it is just a matter of of monitoring rest and and monitoring the recovery of that brain and trying to avoid 
future trauma. More significant trauma, the surgical skills and intervention and the ability to um, try to minimize ongoing damage. You know, when you have, you have the initial injury, but then there gets to be swelling and there gets to be inflammatory responses. Um, blood tends to be very irritating to tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the treatment to try to minimize ongoing injury to the brain after uh, uh, initial traumatic brain injury um, is also really important. The uh, keeping people alive long enough for that brain to start to heal and then afterwards helping people regain their function um i think that's probably one of the areas that we've really come a long way with in um in the years that i've practiced medicine you know the we see a lot more longer term rehab available to people where they are uh, in a a facility and they're getting twice a day sessions with various therapists with um, you know occupational therapists to kind of teach them new reteach them skills that they had uh, teach them ways to do things that um, depend on the skills that they still have so Mm -hmm. if they can't move their right hand and they're right-handed uh, to try to teach them how to use that left hand if they uh, can only use that hand part way to teach them different ways to do things that they're still able to do. Uh, physical therapy to help them regain a lot of their overall function, speech therapy to help with not just language skills. We often think about speech therapy as helping me with my lisp or my stutter or um, I can't say the my my S's or my T's and but speech therapy also really helps people with identifying um, objects and and putting those words together mentally to communicate what you want to communicate Uh, so speech therapy can be a very important part of that Uh, relearning skills like well you know how how do I grocery shop? How do I dial the phone? How do I safely cook? Uh, those are a lot of things that the therapist can be very helpful with. So we have a um, talents that we didn't have before, and unfortunately, a lot of those advancements happen because of war. Mm. Uh, because you see soldiers who come back and they've been um, caught in explosions or injured in battle and and they among their injuries include traumatic brain injuries so um, a lot of medical progress often happens in those contexts and I'm sure there's um, quite the continuum of care as well for people who need a lot of help right now and and some who maybe just need to maybe come in once a week or something yep. for Ab- absolutely mm-hmm. and and a lot of people will progress along that continuum so they may start out with an inpatient program with really intense therapy and then um, they'll go to lesser degrees of of therapy and uh, less intensity less frequency and uh, and some people will have um, need refresher courses mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's just a, a lot of 
different presentations, as many different um, experiences of brain injury as there are people who have had brain injury. Mm-hmm. We have a great comment here that we just received. Um, there's a woman who has had many, many concussions, and the thing that helped her the most has been acupuncture. She got great help while living at the Hennepin HCMC trauma unit with one nurse following her case. Acupuncture has, over time, refired her nerve endings and greatly helped her with more than the head traumas. So there's that's one fantastic. example. I, yeah. I'll admit that that's not a, a head injury or brain injury treatment that with which I'm familiar, but that's exactly the kind of thing that I think our two experts, our rehabilitation experts, um, are going to be far better versed in so Mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds like this individual um, was in one of those units one of those uh, long-term rehabilitation units and got some real benefit with that and with the continuity of care with her particular caregiver so that's fantastic I'm Mm -hmm. glad she's um, I'm glad she's doing better yeah absolutely well it's time for us to go to our final break we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast we have just a few minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430 605-692-1430 we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group If you have arthritis, participating in joint-friendly physical activity can improve your arthritis pain, function, mood, and quality of life. Joint-friendly physical activities are low-impact, which means that they put less stress on the body, reducing the risk of injury. Examples of joint-friendly activities include walking, biking, and swimming. Being physically active can also delay the onset of arthritis-related disabilities and help people with arthritis manage other chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more about managing arthritis. Call for an appointment at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Dr. Johnston, before we wrap up today, we do need to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and yes. vaccine efforts, and what, what do you need to let us know now? Well, first off, the vaccine really makes a difference. Yes, you can still get COVID if you Um, are vaccinated, but you're less likely to end up in the hospital. You're less likely to end up in the intensive care unit. You're less likely to end up on a ventilator. Um, You know, the states vary a little across, or the statistics vary a little across the region. Uh, Here in South Dakota, it's about 75% of people that are hospitalized are unvaccinated. Uh, When you consider that the vaccination, the older, higher-risk people are more likely to be vaccinated. Um, They're also the ones that are most likely to be in the hospital, so, you know, that colors those numbers a little bit, meaning basically that um, the vaccine for the average individual is probably even more protective. But once you get to people needing to be in the high, in the hospital or the ICU, it's about 90% unvaccinated people. So, you know, the vaccine really, really makes a difference for the individual. We are seeing across the country the Delta variant being harder on younger, healthier people. 
Um, a lot more of them ending up in the hospital, even children ending up in the hospital. I know there's been a lot of, of talk lately about um, the cardiac, the myocarditis that can happen uh, with the vaccine, particularly in, in younger boys. But I think it's really important to point out that this is a, an effect of COVID too. We've known that for well over a year and the risk with COVID is much higher than the risk with mm -hmm. the vaccine. So you're still far better off being vaccinated than not vaccinated, mm -hmm. you as an individual, but also your community. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons to go get your vaccine and including, yes. this is a new one. I was very excited to read this. Um, the city of Brookings is, I think it's the city, yes. um, has uh, basically launched an incentive program. So people that are vaccinated, people that, uh, that get vaccinated can enter into a sweepstakes and uh, potentially win cash prizes. SDSU students can win uh, um, tuition assistance and the rest of us could potentially win some cold hard cash so mm -hmm. you can uh, learn more information at www.swifttelcenter.com slash your shot mm -hmm. so I think that's really exciting and I got to get signed up and get my family signed up. My yes. my son would really like that. He could really use some help with his tuition. And, um, and my daughter would like it, too, because she's saving up for a trip to visit her online friend in Australia. Oh, so. fun. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I, yeah, I was reviewing the, the rules this morning, too. And you just have to be 12 or older. So yes. our 12-year-old just got his. He just turned 12. So he got his first dose. He's getting his second dose on Friday. So, so oh, maybe we better sign him so up. Oh, he might actually be able to get two yeah. entries because go. the people that are newly vaccinated that get vaccinated oh. during this time mm -hmm. period can get a second entry if there I read the rules correctly. So yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Well, one more reason to motivate us to uh, get our vaccine. That's, that's, that's right. Good. We'll, we'll take if that you need something to push you off the fence there to get it now. Go get it during the during this this incentive program mm -hmm. so absolutely well we thank everyone for listening today and before we go please be sure to tune in to south dakota public broadcasting television and the prairie doc facebook page for on call with the prairie doc most thursdays starting at 7 p.m central this week on thursday september 16th prairie doc deb johnston will discuss traumatic brain injury with Dr. Adil Sheikh of Avera Medical Group Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Sioux Falls and Dr. Christina Sanders of Monument Health Neurology and Rehabilitation. So tune in for that tomorrow night on SDPB television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>